Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and Merry Christmas! Welcome to episode 27 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. If you're listening to this episode the day it dropped, then it's Christmas Day. I hope y'all are all having or had a Merry Christmas, depending on when you're listening. Thank you for lending me your ears on your holidays so we can go over a couple of Christmassy topics. Today, we're going to look into a couple of Christmas superstitions and then have a special metaphorical moment. This episode is going to be a bit shorter than most episodes so that y'all can get back to celebrating and spending time with family and friends. So, let's go ahead and get into the unwrapping of today's topics origins, history, and more. First off today, I want to look at a Christmas saying that is steeped in superstition, which is a green Christmas makes a full graveyard. The meaning of this saying is that a mild winter leads to more disease, and therefore more death. Now, since a lot of people decorate with green trees and other plants, you might be thinking, how can a Christmas not be green? Well, many of the jolly holly and other plants we use today have not always been welcome at Christmas time. In early Christendom, celebrating with evergreens was seen as a pagan practice, and as such, it was heavily discouraged. However, by the turn of the 17th century, this was no longer as big of a concern, and evergreens were coming into favor as decorations. So, if the color green is a big part of Christmas, why do we have a saying about a green Christmas leading to death? Well, it's because when it's not as cold as people expect it to be, people are more likely to die, for various reasons. A warmer winter means more bugs in the spring and summer, which can lead to the increase of deadly diseases being spread by some of these insects, more so than would be possible if the winter had been colder. If the temperature is warmer than normal, ice might not freeze as thick, and that can lead to accidents on lakes and ponds. People may not dress properly for hiking or other outdoor activities because they expect it to be warmer than it turns out to be or just because they think they don't need as much protective gear, and this leads to more people getting hypothermia, which can lead to death. Also, some scientific studies have shown that being exposed to mildly cold temperatures can increase a person's cardiovascular stress and suppress the immune system. The combination of this leads to a higher risk for catching fatal diseases. Basically, when winter isn't as cold as we expect it to be, we're not always as careful as we should be and this leads to more illnesses, accidents, and death. So, the color green in this saying is not really referring to using the color green to decorate, but figuratively suggesting that the warmer temperatures required to have more plants around in winter than normal can also lead to dangerous situations. Now let's move on to the tradition of the Yule Log. The tradition of burning a yule log is most common in various European countries, but people can be found burning them worldwide. So, what is a yule log and why do people burn them? The log itself is basically just a big log, typically set on fire on Christmas Eve or at the beginning of the 12 days of Christmas. It's most often oak or cherry wood, but other various woods are used as the type of wood used will bring different benefits to the family who's burning it. The exact reason people burn a yule log can also vary from place to place, 
but it's generally used to ward off evil and invite good luck into the home. Often, a small piece of the log is kept to be added to the fire during the next year. There are two main schools of thought for where this tradition got its start. Some say it was born out of German paganism, and others maintain that it comes from Anglo-Saxon paganism. Wherever it got its start, even though it was likely from some sort of pagan ritual to celebrate the winter solstice, it's now a well-beloved Christmas tradition. Another change this tradition has had from when it was in its infancy is that it used to be an entire tree that was burned, and it's now just a big log. Although, as traditions often do, this one continues to evolve. Nowadays, Yule logs are getting smaller, used more symbolically than as an actual attempt to bring good luck. Some people will decorate the Yule logs before burning them, and it's also becoming popular to make small cakes or chocolates in the shape of a Yule log. So, however you want to celebrate with a Yule log, by burning it or eating it, you'll be taking part in a long-standing and beloved tradition. And with that, let's move on to today's metaphorical moment. It's just a metaphor, dude. It's a metaphor. Curious metaphor. A metaphor. That's just a metaphor. So here's the deal, toppers. As I was trying to decide what metaphor to explore today, I tried to think of a Christmas metaphor that I knew well and that others might know well. What I kept coming back to was the classic poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, which is chock full of similes and metaphors. So, for this Christmas episode, I decided to just go over a brief history of the poem and then read it. The original title for this poem was A Visit from St. Nicholas, but most people know it as Twas the Night Before Christmas because that's the first line. It was originally published anonymously on December 23rd of 1823 in the Troy Sentinel, which was a semi-weekly newspaper in Rensselaer County in upstate New York. In 1837, a writer and American professor of Oriental and Greek literature and divinity and biblical learning named Clement Clark Moore claimed to have been the person who wrote the poem. However, the family of Henry Livingston Jr., who was a poet and an artist, claims that he actually wrote the poem. To this day, no one has been able to prove for sure which man wrote the poem, but what is not disputed is that people of all ages love and cherish this work. So, without further ado, I present to you a visit from St. Nicholas. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wandering eyes should appear, but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer, with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his courses they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, 
with the sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas, too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys was flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. And laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprung to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Okay, toppers, I'm not going to do a familiar quotation this week, so that's a wrap on episode 27. Thank you again for joining me to turn some phrases. As always, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. You can check out my show notes to find out all of my social media, contact, and sponsor information. Remember that you can send me topic suggestions, and if you do, just let me know if you want to shout out when I do your topic or if you'd rather remain anonymous. If you had a good time listening today, please consider subscribing to the show or leaving a review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, I hope you have the merriest of Christmases, and I'll see you right back here on the first day of the new year. Okay, well, maybe not see you, but you know what I mean. Merry Christmas, toppers, and thank you for the gift you give me of listening to my show every week. Hey, toppers, I just need a few moments of your time to tell you about my sponsors. If you use my codes and links, it helps me to keep the podcast going, and they will always save you money or get you free stuff. I have three sponsors, Audible, Amazon, and Boss Boxes. Audible has over 180,000 audiobooks for you to enjoy, and my code will get you a month free, plus a free audiobook download. My Amazon links get you free trials and discounts, and the offers change from time to time, so keep checking back. Boss Boxes delivers awesome gaming packages to your door, and you can save 10% on a subscription with my code at checkout. To look at all these offers, you can check out the Support the Podcast page on my website, turnofphrases.com. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.